You got it recording this time? It's recording. You're, you're, don't you're actually, you don't you're, you're, you know I you did your you job know, this you time. Know what, you know what I could say. Don't do it. What could you say? What could I I could talk about Sunday. Okay, so I, I forgot I actually yeah, did forget yeah, to hit record exactly. and I, I couldn't so go back and fix it. I forgot it, to so. record. Okay, so and, you forgot to record. And it took 10 seconds for me to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. During because, during the you're, you're, welcome to Dr. Do I'm like, "Oh, okay, let's start over yeah. again." Yeah. Well, I, okay. Yeah. So, so welcome yeah, welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. Mm-hmm. My name is uh, Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Look, um, so mm-hmm. yeah, my Sunday so, service uh-huh. sermon, you know, I sit at my desk mm-hmm. and I use the sound gear and I put a phone up. Yep. I'm, but I'm doing it on my own. Yeah, you're no, doing a great it's, job. It's hard. Except, you're doing a great so job. So when I hit the record button, I didn't press it down far enough. Or, or even press it, yeah. No, I pressed it. It's not down far enough. I touched that? the button. You touched the, like, did you like at a glance? I don't know, but I touched you it. You grazed it? I grazed it, you know? Mm. So yeah, that's so the you sound. Know what? Maybe, you're, to, maybe you're too strong, and you pushed it so hard, it unpushed at the same time. Could have done that. That could have mm-hmm. been it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Well, I do. I, I, what happened was well, I didn't I, get the sound recorded. That, that's what we had. They had Jimmy had to pull the sound off of the phone, so it didn't sound so good. Mm. I mean, you made it sound better. I did obviously. what I could, but yeah. And, uh, which I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm no, you know, I'm no, hmm. I can't even think, I'm trying to think of soundist, like, soundist, is yeah, that a thing. I'm no audio technician, I'm no audio technician, mm. thank you, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I YouTube everything, yeah, well, that's how that's how people learn nowadays, yeah, that's how I'm learning, that's how our kids are learning because they can't go to school, they got to go through uh, Zoom and YouTube and all yeah. kinds of stuff, yeah, how are your kids doing? They're doing good, they're getting adjusted and. You know, getting in their routines, learning kind of like during, you know, like today, it's Monday when we're recording. And you Tuesday. still have to pay the the highfalutin school. Yeah, yeah. To teach your kids, even though they're not teaching your kids. Yeah, is that yeah, because yeah. okay. they're still, you know, meeting with my kids every day. How, how do they virtually do, do, do Zoom or something? Or? Zoom, yeah. Okay. Zoom. Right, There's assignments. We have to take photos of the assignments and uh, upload them. Good. Very good. Yeah. Are they doing live instruction for the Zoom yes. stuff? Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. At certain times during the day. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's not fun. It's it's not fun. No. It, it's yeah. You yeah. need to you need to just like rent an office somewhere where you can go and work, so you can, you can be alone, be mm. isolated, but get your work done and not be disturbed. Yeah, I think it. I think my wife really is enjoying that oh, yeah. I'm around. Yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, but who cares? No, no, you got to get stuff done. I care. I get my stuff done. And apparently, I'm getting their stuff done too. Okay, you know, <laughs> Jimmy, you're a go getter. <laughs> so just got to keep on them, you know. Because Cohen's like me, he gets distracted very easily. Yeah. So I gotta like stick on. Do them. any of the kids freak out? Are, they, are the kids a little bit like this is weird and scary? Or are they all... mm, no? Do your kids even know that there's a pandemic? No, no, they get it. They okay. every time like we're doing our prayers, they're praying for it. You know, though Ariana, the part she was scared about. She's she's five years old, going to turn six in May. And so she was afraid that she was like, I was like, I was trying to ask her, what's, you know, how are you feeling? How's it going? She wouldn't answer. And so I asked her brother, I'm like, Elias, what's going on, bro? He goes, yeah, she's scared. I'm like, why? He goes, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to eat bats and rats. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, because the person started it, they ate a, a bat. And so she thinks if you get Corona, you're going to want to eat bats. And she don't oh, want to eat no that's bats. awesome. And I was like, oh, so that's not true at all. You know, he's like, I tried telling her. 
But then I told her it was rats, and she was freaking out, and it was funny. Okay. <laughs> good, good brother. Oh, I love that. That is the cutest. Ariane is a cutie pie. Yeah. And but she seems she has like the the spunky attitude of uh, maybe a nine year old. Yeah, she's she, like yeah, no, not not, not in a rebellious way. No, 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 no. Every once in a while, like she breaks down and kind of like whines and cries, and I'm like, how dare you, girl? You're eight. Stop it. And mm. I'm like, oh wait, she's five. Yeah. Though because of that attitude, the boys pick on her. From yeah. time to time, mm-hmm. they got the Oreos. They took out the filling, filled it with toothpaste, gave it to her. Good. And she mm-hmm. ate it. She's like, what? Yeah, they just laughed. Well, I won't say who did this. Oh, oh, who did what? But when uh, I, in third grade, mm-hmm. um, there were these two kids that were walking to school. Mm-hmm. And it was a hot, like, so, like uh, I don't know what month it was, but it must have been when school just started because it was real yeah. hot out. Yeah. And there were all these, uh, in my neighborhood, like, the worms would come out and then they would dry up like in the gutter. And yeah. the, you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I've seen it. Yeah. So, yeah, we took like uh, three or four of those dried up worms. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the school, uh, at our grade so school. So, we did. We. So, when oh, you. Oh, got I didn't to mean the- we. No. <laughs> these two kids. <laughs> these two kids. <laughs> uh, gotcha. <laughs> Shut up, Jimmy. So, these two kids, they went. And when you get into the school, everybody put their lunch boxes. Everybody had at least 10 lunch boxes back yeah. then. On, uh, along the bench at where they would put their coats or their raincoats mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so uh, we, they, they, these two kids, they, yes. they opened up a lunchbox and they got a sandwich out and they put those worms inside the sandwich, put it back together, put it in the bag and put it back in the lunchbox. Why would you do that? Oh, oh like it's like that's any worse than what your son did to your sister? Yes. Are yes, you kidding me? It's Tooth, the same thing. Toothpaste. No, it's all, but this is organic and natural. This is organic and natural. worms. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I can't believe. Do you remember who the kid was that you did it to? Matt Bullock. Oh no, no, no! He was the guy I did it with. Oh. I don't, I don't remember who we did it. to. Was it Rob Warford? No, I didn't meet Rob till I was sixteen. Was it 17. Pastor Pat? We would have done it to Pastor Pat. Mm. No, no, I didn't meet those guys till uh, much later in life. All right, all right. Well, you know what? We should probably talk about something uplifting and not something so childish. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, now you came across something that mm-hmm. uh, you wanted to share, uh, especially during our time when people are people are scared, people are are sick. Uh, we're they're looking dying. Up, they're dying. We're looking up at the stats. Uh, as of April 7th, it was at 12,000 deaths in the U.S. In the U.S. alone. That in is the U.S., yep. Huge, man. Yeah, because I, 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 I've been putting together um, uh, a lesson. We're going to start to do these Wednesday Night Live yeah. services. Just under 375,000 cases in the U.S. And so I'm just, just looking, and I'm looking, I'm looking at the CDC. Yeah, I'm looking at the CDC website. So we know that number is a lot higher yeah. because not yeah. everything is, is reported. We don't have enough tests. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I we're we're starting to do this uh, Wednesday night service thing uh, live, and so basically it's just going to be me doing a, like a Wednesday night sort of lesson, like, like a little, old school, yeah, old school kind of prayer meeting Wednesday night service. Um, so I'll be teaching, and I was doing uh, putting my lesson together, and I I came across uh, Lewis Bailey's. Lewis Bailey wrote this great book, uh, The Practice of Piety, which I got years ago and loved it, but I haven't re- revisited it in years and years and years. And mm-hmm. so while I was doing research. I saw this part of the book come back up, and I was like, oh, that's really good. So I'm not using it in my uh, Wednesday stuff, so I thought you and I could kind of walk people through yeah, it. Yeah, I would love that. No, Bailey uh, was an English Puritan, uh, strong preacher, and uh, he wrote a book that became very influential very quickly, and it's, uh, it's now considered a classic. Uh, the Practice of Piety, Directing a Christian Walk That He May Please God. So you can find this online to read through CCEL for free, or I, I would just go ahead and find the hardcover copy because it's a book worth owning and putting on nice. your shelf. It's a, it's a really good book. So Jimmy, um, he basically gives us 
what, like 10 principles or something here? Uh, yes. Right? 10 principles. He says, uh, while your sickness remains, use often for your comfort these few meditations taken from the ends why God sends affliction to his children. There are 10 of these. Now, so what he offers here uh, is something that we thought would be good to share because people are sick and we know people who are sick mm-hmm. and you know this week is supposed to be a pretty intense week. the next week and yeah week and a half is it's supposed mean, to be pretty intense it's we're recording on tuesday yeah. so it's early yeah and it's uh the numbers are scary and so in light of the sickness that we all experienced to varying degrees and in mm-hmm. light of the pandemic we thought we would walk through and we're basically just going to read um bailey's words as he runs through these 10 meditations sounds good so uh the first one if i could start Uh, That by afflictions, God may not only correct our sins past, but also work in us a deeper loathing of our natural corruptions, and so prevent us from falling into many other sins, which otherwise we would commit. Mm. So here we are, and we're talking about the discipline of the Lord, right? We're talking about how God disciplines those he loves, and that correction is meant for... Uh, his glory. That correction mm. is meant for our sanctification. That correction right. is meant for a, uh, to bring about a change yeah. in our lives, right? I mean, Psalm 119, 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And I know mm. sometimes like when we're talking about this subject, it, it, it kind of triggers people or maybe yeah. like there's something because it's like, so you're telling me God is going to quote unquote, they'll say hurt me or cause me to suffer so that I would turn to him. And they don't like that, especially when you look at certain sicknesses and afflictions. Right. Uh, it's it's sometimes hard to, to grasp that uh, our loving God would allow certain things to come into play uh, that ultimately draws back to him. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, but there is a truth that this loving God knows what is ultimately best for us, uh, and that is our relationship with him our growth in him our sanctification uh first corinthians eleven thirty two. but when we are judged by the lord we are disciplined so that we not so that we may not be condemned along with the world mm-hmm. so i mean this is something that's <clears throat> reserved for his people and the next one and we'll get to it in a second but the next one actually speaks to that end of it like that there's a there's a reassurance that mm. comes with discipline but just to be very very clear here um your afflictions, be they mental, physical, uh, societal, circumstantial, your afflictions that are sufferings might be disciplined from the Lord for specific problems in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they might not be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, uh, and so I think what you're saying, Jimmy, is I know what, what I tend to do when I'm sick or uh, afflicted, I tend to start looking at myself and go, do I need to deal with some garbage yeah. in my life? And yeah, I yeah. most surely do. Uh, you, you know, there's always sin. But maybe there's really something that I've been truly neglecting, something that's been getting bigger. And in that case, you know, I may I may conclude, I think this is the discipline of God. But it just because you are suffering does not mean that you are um, under God's discipline. For example, in John 9, uh, when the disciples see the blind man, they're like, hey, Jesus, what'd this guy do? Yeah. Look yeah. at this guy. Oh, he screwed up. Or mm-hmm. well, maybe it was his parents, you know, sins of the father. Yep. And Jesus is like, knock it off. Uh, the, the re- he didn't do anything. Yeah. His parents didn't. You know why he's blind? So that the glory of God's going to show up. Exactly. Check it out. Exactly. So we don't draw, jump to that conclusion when we see somebody suffering. That's right. And so it it's important. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's an option, but it's also then important as we're shepherding people not to push people that push that upon others, right? Because there's an insensitivity there. Like in our d- discipleship group, uh, we we're going over James, right? And that question was like, 
how do you shepherd people? And so some people kind of had like, well, no, you just tell them, hey, this is for your good. Mm-hmm. Praise God for it. Be, be joyful. Count it all joy, brothers, right? And I'm like, you know, in the midst of that, I'm not sure that's the most helpful thing, right? Because how you go about it is really important. Someone that's holding their child that's and they're scared and they're sick, they, they're, they're coveting your prayers and your, yep. the, the encouragement and assurance, right? Right. right. Uh, and knowing that, that God is good, yes, don't make false promises, right? Mm-hmm. But how you go about these things is, is really important. I think, and it just, it just occurred to me, this has never occurred to me before, so this might be a bad analogy. Oh, here we go. This Let's is what it. happens when I'm preaching sometimes. No, 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 no. But okay. hey, hey, so that, that, there, there's the footnote for everyone. Okay. Don't sit here and get all triggered. Joe is now talking on the fly. Go. So. It, it when you were talking because I totally agree with what you said 100. Mm-hmm. percent There's no butt coming, and it reminds me of your you would you'll get this. It reminds me of some recipes when you're when you're cooking, baking, yeah, yeah. whatever. Sometimes there is an order that you must use when introducing specific ingredients for the dish yes. to turn out properly. Yep. You need all of the ingredients. It's not going to work without them all, yep. but you can't just throw them all in at the same time. That's right. And so like, there are a number of doctrinal truths that people need to be walked through a certain season or valley or, or experience, but it doesn't mean you can just dump them all in. in people's souls are different and, and people yeah. are either more or less prepared for various doctrines. And so one might prepare them for the next, might prepare them for the next. That's so, right. I like that. That's not you bad, know, right? That was really good. That okay. It kind of reminds me, I was out with my, Michelle and I were out with our good friends, the Earls. Oh yeah. And uh, this Handsome was a few, few months ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Allison ordered uh, vegetarian risotto. That sounds I don't know. disgusting. Now, risotto is great, yeah. but this was essentially vegetables on rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't like risotto. And so I actually wrote a thing to them saying, all right, I know what you did here. You took rice, you put vegetables on it, and then you added sweet Thai chili sauce. That ain't risotto. Don't call it risotto. Okay. Risotto is a process of how you actually mm-hmm. use a special kind of rice, arborio rice. So yeah, just like that, Joe, you're talking about, you can't, don't, don't call, you know, don't throw everything. There's an order. So I don't cook. I just open cans and eat out of the can. I don't even heat it up, but you know how to cook. So I knew yeah. you would get my- Oh no, I get your analogy. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You're Good job, Joe. welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, Bailey goes on. Second meditation, he says, God sends afflictions to seal unto us our adoption for, quote, the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. This is from Hebrews 12, 6 and 8, right? Mm. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Yep. Of course, there are fathers who don't discipline their son, but that's the point. He's not a good father if he doesn't. Yeah. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. And so he's taking this idea of discipline that he's already introduced in number one and saying how it's it's a good correction to our waywardness and our unrighteousness. But here he's saying it actually lets you know and connect to the very love that God has for you. Mm. And he says this, yes, it is a sure note that where God sees sin and smites not, there he detests and loves not. Therefore, it is said that he allowed the wicked sons of Eli to continue in their sins without correction because the Lord would slay them. On the other side, there is no surer token of God's fatherly love and care than to be corrected with some cross as often as we commit any sinful crime. Affliction, therefore, is a seal of adoption, no sign of reprobation. Mm. For the purest corn is cleanest fanned, the finest gold is most often tried, the sweetest grape is hardest pressed, and the truest Christian 
heaviest crossed. Ooh. Bailey can write. <laughs> Bailey can write. Man. Bam. Bam. That's, that, a, that's almost as good as my illustration about the recipes. It's almost the there. It's almost it's there. It's almost there. Bailey, keep trying, brother. Mm. <laughs> that was his first draft. Uh, yeah. Uh, number three. God sends affliction to wean our hearts from too much loving mm. this world and worldly vanities and to cause us the more earnestly to desire and long for eternal life. So even in the midst of this pandemic, yeah. uh, in the midst of affliction, in the midst of uh, sickness or uh, trials, these are opportunities for all of us to to really uh, press into God, right, mm -hmm. to, to learn what is it that we put our faith in? What is it that we put our trust in? What is it that we put our hope in? Our most deepest satisfactions in our Exactly. Desires. So this is a great opportunity as as we're home and as we're not able to go uh, do- Cigar you know, shop. Cigar shop. Oh, Joe. Are Can't you go doing? to the cigar shop. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yeah? Yeah. For real? Yeah. I mean, I see you itching. No, I've just got so much to do. My is, legs is that are it? Jumping. Is that it? I'm, I'm just I'm after just... this. I got to go to the bank. I got to pick mm. up dinner for my dad. Mm -hmm. I got to get home. We got CG through Zoom. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh yeah, you got a busy Tuesday. And then I got a Wednesday night live thing yeah. I got to do. All right, all right. So we got yeah. Good Friday service. That's right. Okay, so you are busy, so that's why you're shaking. But I mean, for for all of us though, this is a great opportunity. And, it, and I know it sounds weird saying great, but it's it mm -hmm. is a great opportunity uh, to take stock to take notice of our lives and to see what is it that we've been uh, focusing on that's been distracting us uh, and and pulling our affection from our from our Lord. So you're saying like the, the, the afflictions and the difficulties and the pains that we experience help us to desire the things of the next life, the next world more than this. Because we know these things will fade. Mm. We know these things don't last and we know that which does. I know Bailey, our hope. Bailey goes on, he says, as the children of Israel um, had they not been ill-treated in Egypt, would never have been so willing to go towards Canaan. So were it not for the crosses and afflictions of this life, God's children would not so heartily long for mm. and willingly desire the kingdom of heaven. We say it a lot here at Redeemer, that the only people who really long for heaven, the people who really look forward to the second coming of Christ, are the people who, and or, it's, like it's, 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 it's one or more of these things, they hate the burden and the heartbreaking reality of sin. Yeah. Um, they loathe the injustice and the evil that's in the world, mm -hmm. and they feel the pain and the sufferings of a of a broken uh, creation. And if you're not, exp you know, I mean, if you're if you're just happy as a clam and you got all your needs, you're not really looking much towards yeah. eternity. Yeah. I know Philippians uh, chapter 3, 8 through 11 oh, speaks one, yeah. to that. Uh, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. He's, he's looking, right, for Christ's return and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. That's Paul's longing, and it's because in all of his life circumstances he's come to see this principle that Bailey is talking about, uh, that the, the gifts, the good things in this life, are good but they cannot be compared with that glory and good that awaits us mm -hmm. in fact he says um god mixes sometimes afflictions with the pleasures and prosperity of this life lest like the children of this generation they should forget god and fall into too much love of this present evil world and so by riches grow proud by fame insolent by liberty wanton and spurn with their heel against the lord when they wax fat mm. it's, a, it's a it's a great word that i i mean 
you know, Bailey, here's what a good writer can do. A good writer can put into words uh, the the impact of a principle plainly stated. And so it's not, sometimes we just think like, I'm just going to state the principle and that's enough. You want to unpack it yeah. with words that are descriptive enough uh, to help you feel the weight of it. Number four, by affliction and sickness, God exercises his children and the graces which he bestows upon them. He continues, he refines and tries their faith as the goldsmith does his gold in the furnace to make it shine more glistening and brightly. Mm, that's good. Man, I mean, right there, right? Uh, going through this, it, it, it's, it's meant there to increase your faith in him, mm -hmm. right? Changes you. Yeah. I mean, like you can't be the person God wants you to be without the suffering, without the affliction. Mm. Like in First Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 7, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, like, this whole idea that he's going to test your faith through this to see you persevere. He's going to grow your faith and change your character as you're going through these things. And we, he, in a sense, you could say that our afflictions are a necessary ingredient for our sanctification. Mm, absolutely. What about number five? Number five, he says, um, God sends afflictions to demonstrate to the world the trueness of his children's love and service. Ooh. He says, every hypocrite will serve God while he prospers and blesses him. There we go. As the devil falsely accused Job to have done. But who, but his loving child, will love and serve him in adversity when God seems to be angry and displeased with him? Yes, and cleave unto him most inseparably when he seems with the greatest frown and disgrace to reject a man and to cast him out of his favor. Yes, when he seems to wound and kill as an enemy, yet then to say with Job, Though you, Lord, kill me, yet I will put my trust in you. The loving and the serving of God and trusting in his mercy in the time of our correction and misery is the truest note of a sincere child and servant of the Lord. Oh, so here we, I mean, you're, you're talking about, it's, it's really showing the fruit of your salvation. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the, it is, it, we, saw, we see it in Job and we, you've, we've, we've even seen it in our kids. Um, if you properly correct your child, they will oftentimes cry, yeah, right? Yeah. They'll cry. And if there is a healthy relationship there, they will come to you, right? They, yeah. they, will, yep. they will receive you. And I know when, when I had to you know, discipline our kids uh, from time to time, we would have a conversation about you know, their blatant disobedience. And I was like, so here's what you did wrong. Um, there'd be no anger in it. And it would just be, um, this is why you have to be punished. And uh, so we would do, dole out the punishment and then we would hug them and talk to them. And, mm -hmm. um, and in, in, in our case, it, you know, the, that was received uh, well. And, and some kids received it well quicker than others, yeah. right? But every kid is different. But uh, I think we see that principle here uh, in Scripture. And again, yeah, the, these afflictions um, demonstrate the trueness of the love that we have. Do, are we willing to receive the good from God and not the difficult, not yeah. the painful? Yeah, yeah, So, Joe, I mean, speaking of what's good and oftentimes can be painful, mm. seminary. Yeah, that's a, that is a good and healthy trial. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved my time at seminary. I had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Even though even though where I went, it was a little blue-bloody. 
what, what do you little, mean? Little everyone, 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 everyone's looking down upon you. It was a little. Well, it's, uh, well yeah, that's naturally short. they do. Yeah. Where I, I won't say where I went to seminary, but where I went to seminary, it was a little, little hoity toity. I'm pretty sure everyone knows where you went to seminary. Uh, you talk matter. about it all the time. I don't talk about it all the time. Yeah, you do. There's the like, Southern okay, Baptist theological. I would go to Southern. Very good seminary, but um, you know, little. Lots of lots of blazers when I was there. Lots of wasn't uh, that the dress code? No. Oh no, it wasn't no, dress code. It, oh okay. It, no, but they but it was like wasn't yeah. it the same over at Moody though? Didn't they have to? Didn't you have to wear khakis? I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't. I honestly don't know. No, no. Like, like there was just like a. I didn't fit in culturally at Southern. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I do believe you it. Know. I do believe. Uh, it. You know, nipple rings, tattoos. It was, uh, stood out at the time. Not a lot of guys like that there at the time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, but we're honored to be hosted by. A seminary that is academic yes. and solid, yes. but not hoity-toity. That's right. Do you know who? Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Boom. Thanks, guys. We're we're really, really excited, especially because they understand that the ministry landscape is changing. Yeah. More and more pastors need to be equipped with the rigorous theological training as well as job skills to make a living where God has called you. Mm-hmm. That's why Southeastern uh, Seminary has created the MDiv MBA in just four years. You can graduate from a theologically rigorous rigorous MDiv program and have the practical job skills of an MBA with leading Baptist scholars like Bruce Ashford, Ben Merkel, John Hammett. There's no better time to start your theological training today. So what I love about this is uh, I was reading up on it because it's quite interesting. I'm I'm interested myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that opportunity where you can be where you're at, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, within your church, serving within your church and at the same time receiving uh through you know like this hybrid you could do hybrids you could do online you could do in person you know kind of intensives uh and so you're 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 being able to be trained and then put it to use right away mm-hmm. and taking that practicality uh and helping it so oftentimes i think and this is nothing wrong with traditional the traditional route all right praise god for it i think it works fantastic uh one of the things i've seen lacking has been that hands-on experiential and so here they're putting the two together. So you're getting real life skills at the same time as you're receiving the education. That's right. They have a lot of different options, a lot of different approaches for, because, you know, it, I think what seminary has figured out, what Southeastern has, has figured out is that uh, four years or three years on campus in a traditional uh, sort of style is great, but it's not going to work for everybody. Exactly. So for those that can do it, there are blue blood and... Well, that, that Southeast is not blue blood, though. I know, but I'm yeah. just saying, for those people that can, they go, they go to the other place. So listen, <laughs> uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for you to go right to this right to this particular program for the yep. MDiv MBA, but they also got the Equip. They got all kinds of things. Check it out, and uh, we're honored to be um, sponsored by Southeastern today. Let's get back into the practice of piety, Jimmy. Let's do it. Well, principle number six. Number six, sanctified affliction is a singular help to further our true conversion and to drive us home by repentance to our Heavenly Father. Mm. Whoa. That to me is, so that affliction, right, is, it's used to help, like, as we continue to repent, as we continue to repent, because it's not just one and done, right? The idea of I walked down the aisle, now I'm good to go, once saved, always saved. Glad that's over. Glad that's over. I can now go live my life. I can go live my best life now. When? now not later no now right and so uh with that though as we continue to to sin uh we continue we need 
to repent. Yeah. And so that affliction, affliction was going to continue. It's going to continue with that. Yeah. In various ways. He says, um, in their affliction, says the Lord, they will seek me diligently from Hosea 5. Egypt's burdens made Israel cry unto the Lord mm. out of Exodus 3. David's troubles made him pray, Psalm 86. Hezekiah's sickness made him weep, and misery drove the prodigal child to return and plead for his father's grace and mercy. We, we, we have biblical um, examples of this, yeah. right? Not just principles that are taught. We can actually see it. We can read the stories about how the burdens and the afflictions and the pain are lead to people breaking and then returning. That's right. He says, yes, we read of many in the gospel that by sicknesses and afflictions were driven to come unto Christ who, if they had health and prosperity as others, would have, like others, neglected or despised their Savior mm. and never have sought unto him for his saving health and grace. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, a lot of us have have experienced that, right? You get yeah. really rolled over by something, and you realize you. We, we talk about it all the time. Hitting rock bottom. Yeah, right. People hit rock bottom, and which means like, wow, I've I've experienced the the lowest. I've been this humbled, um, and so now I have to look up for help. I have to yeah. you know look up to the Lord and and receive His grace. And I think I've shared with Joe and with our church. I mean, there's been, there was a time, and I think I've shared on air, uh, there was a time where for Michelle and I, we hit that rock bottom, right? Yeah. Uh, and didn't know where else to go. And it drove us to, to the cross. It drove us to see the sin uh, in our lives, uh, our individual sin and our collective sin, yeah. uh, and to repent and to con continually repent and repent and repent and to seek after him in this mm. that's good especially bringing up the marriage angle because i know when you've talked about it in the past you've you've really taken like a hundred percent like it was me it was my fault and i'm sure that that's you know i'm sure you have a pretty fair perspective on that owning but here you're saying like that but in any relationship there is a oh there's both there, yeah, yeah there's both there's ends. sins on both ends and that's there's right. weaknesses but what i want to talk about i'm going to talk about mine yeah you know my side of the street right right well i mean i'm hoping you, i'm hoping one day michelle you, you have the street hers. the easement and the yard that's all of you <laughs> okay all of yeah it's all me Number um, seven. Number seven. I love this one. And this is something I'm going to talk about on Wednesday. Go ahead. Um, Affliction works in us pity and compassion toward our fellow brethren that are in distress and misery, whereby we learn to have a fellow feeling of their calamities and to console their estate as if we suffered with them. And for this cause, Christ himself would suffer and be tempted in all things like unto us sin only accepted, that he might be a merciful high priest, touched with the feeling of our infirmities. For none can so heartily bemoan the misery of another as he who first himself suffered the same affliction. Hereupon, a sinner in misery may boldly say to Christ. I mean, this is, this is big for us because when you see someone hurting, Sometimes people are tempted to stay away. Ooh, that's scary. Mm -hmm. um, they, maybe they just want to be left alone, right? And maybe they do want to be left alone because they're in their misery. Yeah. That's not what's good for them. Yeah. Maybe some alone time, I'm sure, is fine. I like to be left alone too. All the time you do. All, all the time. But that's not good for me. And when people are hurting when they're mourning, they need their brothers and sisters to come around them and to mourn and to weep with them mm -hmm. and to console them. And if we've experienced affliction, then yes, we will be much more likely to comfort others with the comfort that we've been comforted with. And not only is it useful for us to comfort others, it's also uh, a witness 
to those around us, right? Number right. eight, yeah. God uses our sicknesses and afflictions as means and examples both to manifest to others the faith and virtues which he has bestowed upon us. So there's that example, mm -hmm. right? We're an example to those around us, as also to strengthen those who have not received so great a measure of faith as we. So for those that, that are struggling, for those that mm -hmm. uh, are doubting or are questioning, they can see, look at the faith that, that God has given them. Right. God will also strengthen me. Um, for there can be no greater encouragement to a weak Christian than to behold a true Christian in the extreme mm. sickness of his body, supported with greater patience and consolation in his soul. That's true. So, I mean, praise God for that. So that as you are going through it, it is, it is uh, an example. It's a witness of the goodness of God in your life yeah. to those around you. Yeah. You remember, uh, remember Don? Yeah, Don and Sarah. Yep, yep. Like they, they, um, you know, godly mm -hmm. family that endured some serious life-altering affliction, and a great godly example. And their godliness, like, oh, it was an encouragement to my. see their faith and humbling. Yep. I mean, yeah, very much was. You know, as I never once heard them complain, never about their station, about their lot. You know, they were like, "This is the Lord's will. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away." And their faith is uh, is a great encouragement. I think that's a that's a really good word. Um, what about number nine? Ooh, here we go. By afflictions, God makes us conformable to the image of Christ, His Son. Mm -hmm. So, looking at Romans eight, there, who being the captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings, mm -hmm. Hebrews two, and therefore He first bore the cross and shame before He was crowned with glory, Hebrews two, and did first take gall before he did eat the honeycomb and was derided king of the Jews by the soldiers in the high priest hall before he was saluted king of glory by the angels in his father's courts and the more lively our heavenly father shall perceive the image of his natural son to appear in us the better he will love us right hear that mm -hmm. the better he will love us and when we have for a time borne his likeness in our sufferings and fought and overcome we shall be crowned by Christ and with Christ sit on his throne and from Christ receive the precious white stone and morning star that shall make us shine like Christ forever in his glory. It's a, it, it's a, it, these are like those ingredients, right? This mm. is a good word. This is a needed word, but it's also, it can be a big pill to swallow if you're not yeah. ready for it. Yeah. Now, just for the record, I know some people are listening. They're going to be like, wait a minute. God's going to love us more. The more all right. Oh, yeah. Here we go. The, here okay. we go. Thank so, you for putting the footnote on this because yeah. I know people get triggered on yeah, that. They, so here's the thing. We'll talk more about the various ways yeah. that God loves. But and here's the, the most important part, right, is uh, the the more you act and what you do, is it, it's, a, it's a transaction. So as you act better, God loves you more. <laughs> so as you stop it. <laughs> Stop it. People are so like <laughs> drooling on their keyboards, pounding out all caps. All caps. <laughs> no, that's not the idea. Um, but here the point is, right? Uh, your afflictions uh, make you more moldable to the image of Christ. Yes. It's one of those things that God uses. All right, number 10, last, last meditation. Last one, best one. Go, Joe. Lastly, the godly may be humbled in respect of their own estate and misery. And God glorified by delivering them out of their troubles and afflictions when they call upon him for help and support. Bailey continues, For though there be no man so pure, but if the Lord will straightly mark iniquities, he shall find in him just cause to punish him for his sin. Yet the Lord in mercy does not always, in the affliction of his children, respect their sins, but sometimes 
lays afflictions and crosses upon them for his glory's sake. In other words, you're not always being punished for your, or you're never punished. You're not yeah. always being disciplined yeah, 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 yeah. for specific sins. Um, thus, our Savior Christ told his disciples that, that the man uh, was not born blind of his own parents' sin or his own, uh, but that the work of God should be shown in him. So he told them likewise that Lazarus' sickness was not unto death, but for the glory of God. Oh, the unspeakable goodness of God, which turns those afflictions, which are the shame and punishment due to our sins, to be the subject of his glory and honor. These are the blessed and profitable ends for which God sends sickness and affliction upon his children, whereby it may plainly appear that afflictions are not signs either of God's hatred or our reprobation, but rather tokens and pledges of his fatherly love unto children whom he loves and therefore chastens them in this life where upon repentance there remains hope for pardon rather than to refer the punishment to the life um, to that life where there is no hope of pardon nor end of punishment for this cause christians in the primitive church were accustomed to give god great thanks for afflicting them in this life so the apostles rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ's name, from Acts 5. And the Christian Hebrews suffered with joy the confiscation of their goods, knowing that they had in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Mm. So, God glorifies himself in causing us to persevere through our afflictions and losses, and ultimately does restore us in the end. Yeah. I mean, these are good words. And these are words that we ought to be, and principles that we ought to be encouraging one another with in this time of affliction, during this pandemic, when so yeah. many are dying and so many are truly scared. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. Later.